only, it was almost a month ago, I was like transitioning from use peoples to like worship and stuff. So it's, it's nice to be back. Like it's nice to be like doing this thing, right? Um, so I just transitioned. My name's Nick. Um, I'm the mission and worship pastor here. I was just hired on uh, February 1. So I've almost finished a month here. It's been the best month of my whole year, right? There we go. There we go. Yeah. So um, I just I just transitioned from student ministry. I was a student pastor back um, in High Springs, Florida, near Gainesville. Go Gators kind of deal. Um, and it was crazy because we like it. We, we cried when we left. You know, it was, it was a good time. It was a good leave. It was a good transition. Um, it was an awesome time of ministry. So I'm thankful to be back with my people like these guys are, are closer. To, we're closer to age than them back there. So. So, so we are friends. I'm, I'm your people. Um, and I, I want to get to know all of you. So at the count of three, I need to hear all your names just so I can be like, oh, yeah. So I'm Nick, and you are one, two, three. Wow. We're, we are now officially BFFs, right? Best friends forever, okay? Is that okay? Some of them are like, I don't know. <laughs> You're a terrorist. <laughs> you know, I'm the bomb. No, so, um, so that, that's for, for Dan later. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I'm so thankful. I'm so honored that um, Pastor Dan did, did allow me to be a part of tonight. Um, and we're just going to jump in. You guys ready to jump in? All right, so stand up and jump real quick. See, with a mic, you have the power to do anything, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sit down. Some, some of you are like, nope. <laughs> I don't listen to you. I listen to Pastor Dan. You know, I'm like, chill out. It's good. It's good. Um, so we're going to be in Acts 17. Um, and I, as, as you're turning there, I want to um, kind of give a, a preview of what we're going to jump into, right? A preview about, because I always love to have something tangible, just a one-liner. Um, and and this, tonight is, is, is two words. All right, you ready? You're going to learn some, some, some sweet, sweet Latin. All right, you ready? Coram Deo. So say that. Coram Deo. Not the Koran, not the that's Islam, but Coram. It's Coram. In the South, you say, Coram Deo. So say it, say it, Southern. Coram Deo, yeah, not corn, but Coram. Coram Deo. And, and, it, and it basically means to live a life before the face of God. Right. It, it's a, it's an amazing and beautiful concept. Um, but we're going to jump in Acts 17. Um, we're going to jump into a story, a real story. Sometimes what happens in, in church culture is that we forget that the people of the Bible really like real people that had real flesh that like had real snot and cried real tears and did real life. Like we sometimes we forget because it's like, oh, well, that that happened back then. How, how like that? That doesn't you know, like I hear all these great stories. I'm like, well, how is that true today? Right. Okay, let's be honest. Can we be honest with friends or BFFs, right? Have you have any of you ever thought of the Bible like and I love I love this show and I'm so thankful for the the things that it teaches us. But have have anybody ever thought of like the characters of the Bible like VeggieTales? Right? And and that's not a bad thing. That's a great parents, it's a great thing. I love I'm an advocate for VeggieTales, but sometimes we forget as we grow up that it, it's no longer a cucumber or a tomato or tomato. But these are real people that lived real lives. So li- real people, a real man by the name of Paul, were entering in his third missionary journey. Paul um, was a guy that had a crazy story. He used to kill Christians. He was a persecutor. He actually at one time was like, yep, yep, kill them all, kill them all, kill them all, kill them all. Um, and it, 
Paul had this crazy moment where he met Jesus on this road. He was blind. He heard the gospel. He became one of the most influential Christians. He wrote un, under the inspiration of the, of the Holy Spirit um, uh, two-thirds of the Old Testament or New Testament. So that's crazy, awesome, good, right? Like Paul is the dude, right? If anybody ever wants to. So he, he gathers up these guys um, in, along his journeys, and a couple of them kind of split ways. If, you're, if you were here Sunday morning, uh, Pastor Mike did a phenomenal, phenomenal job um, kind of giving the backstory of Paul. Um, so if you aren't connected here on Sunday mornings, it's great. We, we, have, we have 9 o'clock service and 1045. It's great. I, I'm so thankful we're going through Philippians. Um, unplug. So back in here, um, Acts 17. Um, Paul has just recently been in this place called Berea. Berea was this place that had um, Greeks. And, and Timothy and Silas were, um, were with Paul in this moment, and Timothy was, he had, he had a Greek background, so he was able to speak into this culture really, really, really good. Paul did not have a Greek background, so, you know, it's like trying to go for some of us to, like, Mexico, and you're like, what's that? You know, like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't get that. You know, they're speaking Spanish. Like, it's like, it's like us trying to say, hey, we know how to make an empanada, right? You even know what an empanada is? It's okay if you don't. No worries. No worries. So it's like, it's like, you know, us guys trying to be relevant to this culture. So Paul, Paul was very smart. He said, I'm going to take Timothy, and we're going to go on this missionary journey. I'm going to take Silas. We're going to go on this missionary journey. So they get to this place called Berea, and they make a stink, right? There are these religious guys, and they're like, hey, 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 no, 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 not here. No empanadas for you. Like, it, it's this crazy moment. Um, so we read in, in, uh, in 17, they're in, they're in Berea, and you keep going, um, starting, and it, it's, it's not here yet, but I'll, I'll read verse 15. It's not back there on the screen. Um, so uh, Silas and Timothy told Paul to go off to their next mission, and this was a place called Athens, right? It, does anybody know anything about Athens? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Any, we can, we're friends. We can talk. Yes, sir. Very moral, immoral, yes. Um, Athens, you hear of mythology like, you know, Athenia, the Greek goddesses, you know, the Greek gods, Zeus. Um, in Athens, in, the, in this day and age, we have to understand, like, context always determines the meaning. It's sometimes, you know, in, in, our, in our cookie, um, what's the word? fortune cookie Bible, like, we like to open the Bible up sometimes and say, oh, <clears throat> he keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. God, I don't want to go into a ditch. I don't want to be cut by my, by my pocket knife. No, 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 no. That's not what it means. We have to understand what the scripture is saying here, right? You agree? Okay, good deal, good deal. We're, we're tracking along. We're on the same page. Um, so they, they get to this place, and um, they're in, uh, Paul, Paul is sent to Athens by himself. So Paul, in, in, in who he is, in his character, having been um, saved, by the miracle of salvation through the bloodshed of Jesus Christ, there's this moment in Paul's life who says, you know what? I'm in Athens, and we're going to go ahead and, and proclaim the gospel here. So let me just start proclaiming the gospel, right? Have you ever gotten to a new place like Wild Adventures? Has anybody been to Wild Adventures? Right, okay. Wild, I, I grew up in, near that area, so Wild Adventures was like, you know, almost every, you know, so often we would go. Um, it, it would be like you going to Wild Adventures, never had been there before, saying, you need Jesus, turn burn. No, he wasn't saying turn burn. But he, like, he, he just was so confident in, the, in this gospel that he began to speak this, this beautiful, beautiful gospel. Um, and, and, it, and it came from this position, right? Paul enters into Athens alone, and he sees 
this place filled with idols. You can imagine, like, so let me, let me see your imaginary cap. Hold it in front of you. All right, do something with me. Put it on. Thinking cap, it's not imaginary. So um, imagine with me in, in this room, like, statues, like Greek, like, just all types of cool statues. Like, just, just imagine. So you, do you see them? You see them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Paul enters into this, this place of Athens and he sees all these statues and he realizes that they are actually idols. And in verse 16, it says this. Um, now, Paul was waiting for them. Who is he waiting for? Timothy and Silas. Yeah, yeah, you're tracking. It's good. Um, now, now while, while Paul was waiting for them there at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. And, and I love that, that Paul had this, this conviction. How many times have we as, as, as Christians gone to different places and just our, our spirits just broken? Right in your schools, um, maybe in your co-op, in your families, at your family gatherings. Um, sometimes, like like as Christians, when we when we start to understand that the the severity and the, and the importance of the gospel message being proclaimed, things will literally break your heart. And I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit because sometimes we 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 think that it can only happen in church settings while we're doing churchy things and when we're churchy friends. Let me tell you, some of the most convicted times I have been, not under because I was with these people, but because I was around them or with my friends from back home. Right? I had this radical transformation when I was 16 years old. It was like in high school, I was called Nick Carter. If, 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 if you know people with like their, their first and last name being called, normally they're bad. Like, so I was Nick Carter, and then, and then this, this crazy moment happened. I encountered a bloody cross, and Jesus Christ resurrected my life from, from dead into life. And I had the craziest thing happen to me. I was voted most changed in high school as my senior superlative, and it was crazy. And I, and I give glory to God because I was no longer Nick Carter. Now I was like, Nick, that Christian kid that does that weird Christian thing thing and I was in my school and I had such a, a heartbreak for my school that me my brother and one of my best friends um, we said we're going to start a, a ministry in our school and 300 kids would come every single Wednesday afternoon before they went to church and worship there was this brokenness um, and, and I, I sit with Paul I sit and, and I, I can just imagine Paul's entering this city and he sees all these idols and he's like man man like it, it's craziness. Um, and, and he talks about this encounter that he has as he's sharing the gospel. These very, very, very religious people um, start asking him things like, what are you what are you talking about um, for the city of Athens? Culturally, it was so, so awesome. If you were smart, how many of you are just like smart? <laughs> it's OK. I'm not I'm not a smart guy. I'm like, uh, hey, guys, <laughs> you know, um, so culturally in Athens, it was, it was probably like you were the most popular, you were the most influential if you had knowledge, right? There will be philosophers that would literally sit for days upon days just doing what we're doing right here. People would just be like sitting at the edge of their seat. Oh, what else is going to happen? So you, if, if you know anything about a- Athens in this area, there's a, there's, a, there's a port city that these people would travel through and they would in, be invited to come to Athens to speak and to share the new something. These people were in love with knowledge. 
right? How I just the same way we're in love with new information. Like we are the information generation. Every single moment, every single day, Snapchat updates a new filter. You're like, I need to see what's going to happen with my face today. Or, you know, it's like, or my geotech. Like, I, I want to see what's going on. So we are just information. Instagram, we have something new every single time. It's actually an addiction that sometimes can be good and or bad. Um, but there's, this, there's th- these people of Athens, they were so in love with knowledge that they heard Paul speak about this resurrection, and they actually begin to say, tell us more. Uh, Starting in verse 20, we're going to jump in verse 20. We're going to read a little bit and stop. And um, So you guys ready? You guys are you sure? All right, here we go. For you bring some strange things. These are the religious guys talking. To our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. That's really important. Verse 22. So Paul standing in the midst of the Areopagus. This place was a very, 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 like, if, if you got invited to speak here, it would be like us getting invited to speak at the, the White House. It was, like, culturally that important to them. And he says this. Men of Athens. I perceive in every way that you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And it was as if um, it was as if Paul was was standing and, and it has this, this beautiful place. I mean, you can imagine the beauty. Like, have you ever seen like beautiful, beautiful sculptures? Like it's a pretty place, but it's so tainted. It's like, oh, so I can imagine some commentators would say, um, as Paul was delivering this message, that he would actually move out of the way so that they could see this, this, this altar that they created to the unknown God. It, it was this, he was very intentional about how he said it and, and, and what he said. And he says, to the unknown God, and he says, this I proclaim to, to the unknown God, therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. This I proclaim to you um, in, in, in Christian circles, and, and I've been so guilty of this, and I say we as a church, we the Big C Church, universally the church, we're really good about having a conversation about Jesus, but we lack the proclamation of Jesus. It's really easy for us, especially in this church setting, to say, yeah, I love Jesus. It's your breath and my life. Like, it's easy for us to do that. But when it comes to pro- proclaiming the gospel in our schools, to our family members that know every dirty detail, to, to our, our, our parents, some of you, it's really difficult to proclaim the gospel. It's easy to have a conversation. It's so easy to say, yeah, you know, I, I, I love Jesus. Or, you know, as, as Dan said, my boyfriend, he loves God. You know, like, but do you proclaim the gospel together? Is there a proclamation for your life or is it just a conversation? They're two different things. Two different things. Um, and, and Paul set the stage so clearly. And um, I went to Indonesia la- uh, two years ago, and we had an opportunity to speak to some, some Muslims and some Hindus. And, and in order to communicate to a Hindu, you have to be very strategic because Hindus will really take Jesus and say, okay, he's another God. Let me pop him on my, you know, my shoulder or put him in my, you know, idol wall, whatever there is. So, like, you can imagine, and this is where I think this, 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 this concept comes from, is that they had all these gods, and, and Paul even, he even affirmed their your religiosity. Their, he was like, yeah, man, like, you guys, like, you're so religious. It's, 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 it's cool. But let me tell you, this unknown God, he's actually the God that does this. And what makes this God different than any other God 
It's, it's four things he does. He first um, talks about the creator creating. He, he talks about being appointed um, by, of, of, of being a, a, an appointed creation. And then he goes on and, and he talks about a ransom sent for that creation. And then in creation responds. Um, in every religion in this world, th- this is just a nugget. This is a sweet nugget for you to hold on to, cling on to. In every religion in the world, it, they, 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 they always proclaim to have a way, a truth, and a life, right? A way. Hey, even if, even if you're atheist or even if you have friends, like there's a way that you do life. There's a truth that you, like you have some moral conviction, like you don't do bad things sometimes. And, and you, you can have a pretty good life because at the end of it, you know, you're going to, you know, just become a tree, whatever. That's somebody, you know, cuts down to create a Bible with, but that's a different story. Um, so, you, like, you have this, 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 this concept, but Jesus Christ himself was the only, being 100% man and 100% God, the only person to say, I am the way the truth, and the life. So when, you, when it comes to all these ideas and concepts that will come at you one day, because you guys, even though we're closer in age, you're going to experience some crazy things in the years to come. That's just the way our world is, is working. And you have to remember that there may be a way, a truth, a life, but Jesus is the only way, truth, and life. You dig? It's good? It's good? So Paul begins to explain to them the beauty of this God. And, and I, love, I love how he does it because it wasn't like, hey, you're so wrong. You're so religious. You're so stupid. He says this. He, he just lays the story out so clear and so gently. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and of earth, does not live in temples made by man. He, I can imagine him pointing to all these idols saying, hey, the God that, that you're, you're actually trying to proclaim here, he's the God that made all this, the God of love, the God of beauty, the God of wealth. He made all of that. He is the creator. He, he's the beginning and the end. And he goes on, he says, um, he doesn't live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives life to man or mankind all life and breath and everything in that. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. And this is so important that, that we, that we um, you can go back one more verse. Um, I love this, that he has determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. God has determined your dwelling place of right now, of right here. Like, we could have been born in, like, the Victorian age, right, where like, girls would have wore corsets, you know. We could have been, you know, born in, in, you know, the hippie age. Some of you guys were. Bless your soul. I saw some stuff on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo, those days. Or, you know, we could have been born in the stone age, not the stoner age, but the stone age, right? But, but God has decided to place us right here for such a time as this. And you know what's so special about this? Um, living a life before God means that he has gifted you with specific giftings and talents that Romans would say can never be taken away, though you may squander them and not use them and not be a good student of those giftings and talents and abilities. But he, he has given you a person, meaning you. He's given you a position, whether that's on a soccer team or lacrosse team. Somebody said that they do, like, jet ski racing. That's awesome. Who, Tyler, where are you at? You know, I don't know where you're at. Oh, there, yeah, there you are. Um, you know, some of you are in cheer or, or you, you do music or you dance or whatever. Like, God has crafted you and gifted you at such a time as this to use those giftings and talents for his glory. But, I, like, I, I'll, I'll, I just have a passion, like, to teach, okay? 
God's gifted you, that he's, he's appointed your, your boundary and your time in that dwelling place. Well, Nick, I, I really don't know where God's going to send me. <laughs> I, that, that's, that's okay because I know the sender, right? And, and he goes on and, and, he, and, he, and he speaks to these people with such a beautiful weight. And he says he's the God that, that appoints your dwelling place for this reason. That they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. So I can imagine Paul sitting there or standing there in this big place, all the ears perked up, all of them saying, like, they're just leaning in and saying, what, what are you talking about? And he said, he's actually closer than you know. I, I don't know what kind of idols that you have circled around your life figuratively that, that are hindering you from actually fulfilling the destiny that Christ Jesus has called you into, that he's gifted you into, that he's set your, 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 your boundaries for. But you're closer than you know. Somebody said, like, Nick, how, how do I, like, find God's will? Uh, this, this, was a, this was a question that I always heard um, in student ministry. And I, I firmly believe as you walk in God's ways, you will walk in his will. As you proclaim the gospel through whatever facet that, that God has gifted you in, you will walk in his will. Right? And, and he's, he's trying to paint this picture for these people of, of Athens. And, and, and he says this, you're actually so close. Like you're so religious and you have all these idols. But let me tell you, this God, he created all this and he's appointed your times and boundaries. And then he goes on. And, and, and I love what he does in this next verse here. He takes what culture would, would mean something else and he redeems it. He redeems his culture. And he says this. For in him we live, move, and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Right, these, 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 these poets, Paul was so in his culture but not of it. Sometimes we try to like shadow ourselves away from, you know, that's nasty. They're nasty people. I don't want to. Man, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. He ate and he drank with, with people who had problems. Anybody got a problem? I do. I'm so thankful that Jesus decided when I was 16 years old to come alongside me and say, Nick, I love you. I'm going to give you life and life eternal. And what happens is Paul takes this, this phrase that this was a very, like, if they heard this, they're like, yeah, um, that, that was originally about Zeus. Like, these guys would know it was originally about Zeus. And, and Paul takes it, he redeems it, and he says, actually, even as some of your own poets have said, this, this, this next verse, he says, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think the divine like being gold or silver or stone or image formed by the art or imagination of man. Paul sets it up so, so nice. He redeems his culture. And I, I believe, and, and for some reason, I'm, I'm so glad that God affirmed this as I began to um, join in with you guys a couple weeks ago. This generation is weird, right? This generation is weird because you guys are able to speak more into your culture than I did when I was 16 years old. Right? It, it was so taboo to have non-Christian friends. If they're influencing your life and if they're making you dumb decisions, of course, you need to start evaluating those things. But God has placed you again exactly where you has you with the, with the giftings and the talents and abilities and, and, and the position for you to redeem your culture for the glory of Jesus Christ. What, is, what, is re, what does the word redeem mean? 
I know, I know that's a churchy word. What does the word actually mean? Redeem. Conversation, BFF, what's up? Text message sent. I saw you read it. What does the word re- redeem mean? What's that? Restore. Right? Culturally, here in America, 75 years ago, uh, roughly, people from the north would come down to the south and buy a slave, and they would send them back up north, and they would let them go. Then they would be called redeemed slaves. I believe that this culture is so weird, that, you, that your generation is so weird, that you desire to step into a place like Ariagopas and say, man, the God that you think you're loving on, he's actually closer than you know. And he's the God that whatever, you know, popular song says that you're defined as, you're going to redeem that and say, nope, God calls you this. He calls you beloved. He calls you worth it. You know, so who's that singer that's, give it to me, I'm birthing. So then go, so, you're so secular. No, see, but I love that you know that and you're sitting in church right here. You know why? Because you're weird. You actually like culture, right? You actually like music and art, but those things will not, will not be useful unless they are redeemed. I love Lecrae. Anybody like Lecrae, right? I love what Lecrae said. He's like, I'm not a, I'm not a Christian rapper. I'm a rapper that's Christian. Right? Paul wasn't a Christian speaker. He was a speaker that was Christian. You're not, is, is, that, is that your jacket? What, what does it say on it? Basketball. You're not a Christian basketball player. You're a basketball player that's a Christian. Right? I pick on you because you're just awesome. Thank you for, thank you for showing your colors, you know. But, but Paul takes these people that had some concept of deity and he speaks so gently to them and, and, and he makes them think and he goes on. He says the times of, of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, to change their mind, to turn towards him because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. This man was Jesus, is Jesus, and will forever be Jesus. And of this, he had given the assurance to all by raising him from the dead. He had given assurance to all. So Paul, they're like, hey, we want to know what's going on. You know, this, this story, like, okay, what about this unknown God? He says, there was assurance given to us by the raising of Christ Jesus from the dead. And this is what happened. And this was what will happen when you start redeeming your culture, when you try to step into people's lives and start trying to love on them. This will happen. It said, and now they heard of the resurrection of the dead. Some mocked. Some mocked. I had a friend. um, Again, I was 60 years old. I was going to my senior year of high school. And I had a friend come up to me and she said, you know what, Nick? Like, I miss old Nick. I miss the Nick that would cut up and cuss and, and, and do dumb things. I, I, miss that. I miss going out to part. I miss you being the guy with all our connections. I miss that old Nick. But you're, you're this, you know, Jesus follower now. And I, I was mocked. It was like, oh, whoa, that's like I remember um, e- even the principals, because I was always the troubled kid that would be in the principal's office, right? Even them started saying that Nick Carter, the principal actually called the First Baptist Church's um, pastor in because I was hanging out with his son. Like they were like, oh, that Nick Carter kid, he's with the First Baptist kid's pastor or the pastor's kid. It's like, bro, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. But um, they mocked. And this is this is and I love this next part. So there's going to be three responses. They're going to mock you. 
But others said, we will hear what you say about this. We will hear again what you say about this. I remember my senior year of high school, and I shared this only to share this. Um, I had, there was a, a Catholic and a Mormon and me, and we sat in like a little table together for all of our classes. The Catholic, we, we went at it. You know, she, she was like, I'm never going to be a Christ follower. I'll always, you know, reign in, in Catholicism. And the Mormon was like, bro, we're the same. And I'm like, no, 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 honey. We, we not, right? But we had this conversation all the time, and, and, and they would always ask me and always challenge me and always, like, I had to start having less of conversation and start living in the proclamation of Jesus. And then I love what happens after this. And Paul went out of their midst, but some men joined him and believed, and among whom were also... Dianus and Areopagiti, whatever you say her name is, and a woman named Demarius and others with them. But some men joined them and believed, and then it talks about these other, other, other people joining in the faith because they had heard the gospel. They had heard about the resurrection of Christ. They said, yep, yep, that's me. I am all in. And I think in the same way that they heard that it wasn't about you know, loving enough to make sure that idol was good or, or giving enough money to make sure you were a good person or to rub the, the tummy of Buddha or to have the, the, the mind of conscience or to have, you know, the, the, the morality of a Mormon or, 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 even, or even the Christ-likeness of, of a Christian, right? They realized that it was about the resurrection. It was about something being dead, being brought to life. And, and, and culturally, that's what's going to make you stand out. And that's what should break your heart as you step into vocations, as you step into new seasons of life, as you step into, you know, maybe a, a, a new sport, a new activity, or a new co-op group, or, or a new curriculum, or new friends, a new family. Whatever there is that you step into, you have to remember this. That it's not about people being bad made good. It's about people being dead, being, being brought to life. That wrecked my world when I heard it for the first time. I was like, what, what do you mean I'm dead? M- my, my warrant, my, my wages warranted death. My sin waged death. And you have, you have dead people walking around you all the time. And, and, and it, it's a matter that it should break your heart to the point of saying, God, use me, use my talent, use my giftingness, however you will, because I believe and I'm, I'm assured by the resurrection in my life. Colossians 2.13 would say that we were brought from death into life because of Jesus Christ. And, and the world gives us this, this real, real cheesy form of, of religion just believe in God and say your prayers, bless up, and you'll be good. No. No. It's about the people around you that have, that have literally earned death because of their sinful nature. And, and, and our job and our commission to be proclaimers of the gospel. And that should inspire you because I believe that your, your generation is so weird that you're like, no. These people will not die on my clock, you know. I make a promise to be a proclaimer of Christ. That's why I do what I do. 
I, I had a dream to be a chef on a cruise line. And God said, I'm actually going to use you in a different capacity. Like, I, ha- I had these crazy dreams. And God's plans were so much better than my plans. But I do this. I, I'm, I'm up here, flesh and bones, with struggle just like you. To say, I choose to be a proclaimer. That's my invitation to you. To choose to be a proclaimer and not just have conversations about Jesus. Let's pray together. God, I'm so thankful for the truth that you have through your scripture. God, thank you for the example of Paul as he's going to this place and trying to confidently proclaim your gospel. God, give us wisdom, give us courage, give us strength in those moments that we would be about the proclamation and less of just a conversation. God, help us to know what it means to follow suit after you. Thank you for the miracle of salvation. We love you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You guys have a great night. Thank you so much for coming to the edge. See ya.